Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I am Joseph M. Smith, the host of Tech Niche Tips podcast, where we help people break into tech, not just to get in there, but to also scale from there. Every week, I'll be having new episodes where I either talk from my own personal experiences or I share with my friends and people that I met along the way that have great tips and tricks, not only, again, to help you land a job in tech, but to help you scale from there. Join me on the Tech Niche Tips podcast. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for more. I would say that if your life is a little chaotic, it's probably because your home is. So start tidying it up. And I think that you'll find that life gets better. We are good to go. Welcome back to the homework show. This is Joy Andrews, and my co-host today is our producer, Mike Bryan. Hey, Mike. Hey, hey, hey. How are you, Joy? I really like to balance out the bass sound in this podcast, <laughs> so I really like to have your voice and the, that presence of your voice come in. It's like so soothing to feel <laughs> like, oh, now we're grounded. Now we can feel that. <laughs> Well, good to be here. I know uh, Charlene had an emergency, a family emergency, so just decided to step in. So, yeah, thanks for stepping in. And this, I thought this was really um, important to have your voice, especially on this, because our topic today, we are talking to Aaron Alexander, who is one of our favorite people. <laughs> And we don't even know her that well, but she is coming to us as already one of our favorite people. And um, Aaron is a master around the house. Aaron started out as a social worker and she cleans homes for a living and she whips her family into shape for a living. <laughs> and she knows this combination of how the home reflects our psychology, how our psychology is reflected in our home and can tell us how to um, have these amazing tips for organizing and cleaning our home. And so Mike, you've been in this major life transition of transitioning coasts and moving. And so we talked about bringing Aaron on to give us some tips about how to stay sane through a time like this. Yeah. Yeah. A huge transition for me. Uh, of course I moved from the East coast to the West coast, California, more specific LA, even, even more specific than that. Um, but I, I definitely have to say this publicly because I've already said it to Aaron privately <laughs> several times over. She's been on the show before and you're wondering why you've never heard the episode. It's because the episode, um, disappeared into the ether i'm not sure we had a technical difficulties and so i wanted to publicly apologize for that like uh i remember aaron being very very excited about this episode and then it, it broke my heart to to be to tell her that it it, it kind of just disappeared and it happens it, like i'm in broadcasting professionally and sometimes those things happen but I knew from the top of when we decided to come back after our little hiatus that Aaron was on the top of my list uh, just for my pride and to, mm. to, to get a redo. So I'm happy that she is back. But um, yeah, transition is, is hard, you know, transitioning from a place that that I that you've known essentially your whole life and, yeah. uh, and moving to a new space has been very, very difficult trying to figure out how you 
move in this space. The energy, the energy of a we- of West Coast compared to the East Coast is very, very different. The people are very different, and so it's been an adventure. We're still in transition. We've only been here for six months, my wife and I, and. It's just been a lot of pressure because I've always wanted to be here. 20 years I've been trying to get here. And so just a lot, a lot of things emotionally, mentally, phys- like physically, emotionally, like all of those things wrapped up. It's been very, a very interesting process. So, yeah. So welcome, Aaron. Help us talk about this. You have moved a million times. Tell us about who you are, what you like to do, what you do in your life. Well, I want to say we were talking um before we started that I said, when we lived in Virginia, I was like a new mom with two little kids and I was had no friends, didn't know anybody. My parents lived four hours away. And I went to meetup.com and joined a stay-at-home mom group who like meets three days a week, you know? But like, yeah. you gotta find your tribe. Like, just like I would tell my middle schooler right now, I'm like, you will find your tribe, but I feel like as you get older, you have to work like a little harder for it. Like, because you're not meeting like kids in the cafeteria, you know, <laughs> you so have true. to like make your own play dates. Find people who like, cause most people, the good thing about LA, I think is aren't a lot of people are transplants, right? Yeah. A lot of people are transplants. It's, it's a very interesting place to be in a place where so many people come. And then you have people who've been there, been here their whole lives, and they look us, look at us very weird. <laughs> like, well, why yeah, are you you're like here? a straight, you're like the alien invader, almost. You know, yeah, very much. Like, uh, like we were talking about offline, is that it, it, it's just a very bizarre world to live to live here, um, if especially if you haven't been here uh, your whole life. Like, we were just talking about how butter, like even the smallest thing, like butter, is very different. If you if you want to know what I'm talking about, just Google East Coast, West Coast butter, and it'll blow your whole world. <laughs> like, I promise <laughs> you it will. So if you're listening, j- just trust me on this one. It'll be something that you've never even you're like, oh, wow, that is super different. So just it's, yeah. it's just an experience. I find it takes me like four months to at least to settle into a place. I have a feeling you would be faster at that, Aaron. I feel like you would be more organized about getting your stuff unpacked and finding out where the grocery store is. We have, so we moved like probably six times in like 10 years. And most of those times were with like two kids. So like when I unpack, like it's done in a day, like I'm not leaving anything in a box. Like I want it to be done and put away. You just have to. Because it's just too much chaos. <laughs> one um, day? You have it all done in one day? You that can is- do it, you know? You can, and, but again, that part of that is too, is like if you move frequently or you live in a super small space, which, you know, we, had to, we lived in New York City and we lived in this tiny little apartment and we rented all of our furniture and we didn't have hardly anything personal because it was just too small of a space, really. Mm-hmm. So, and I live a pared down life. So I, I mean, I don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of stuff. How, how often do you go through your stuff and just purge or clear stuff out? Um, well, like it depends. Like my closet, uh, 
So your closet is always like the hardest thing to manage. But, you know, my closet rotates every probably four months, you know, through the seasons. Like I do have a lot of pieces that, you know, are for all year, but most stuff has a specific season. So I like to pretty soon I'll be like getting out spring things and putting away the heavy winter things. So that's always happening. And if I don't wear something in a year, typically I will get rid of it. But what happens is then at the end of the year, I'm like panicking to wear like my seafoam green velvet crush suit that everyone <laughs> hates, but I love it. So I have to make myself wear it before the end of the year. I'd have to get rid of it. I mean, that's interesting that you're talking because that's another thing that you have to adjust to either moving to a different region, different climate, like I don't know about you guys, but it is 90 degrees here in Los Angeles. <laughs> like it, it, back home, I I know it's snowing and like people are enjoying the snow. We don't get much snow out here in LA. So it, it it's one of those things when we were going through all our stuff is what, what we would need and what we wouldn't need. A lot of uh, Angelinos, it's cold at 60 degrees to them. Like I've seen people bundle up in these, like these long wool <laughs> trench coats walk and me and my wife are like, it, is it that cold here? And, and to them, it, I mean, 60 degrees is, is, is extremely cold to them. So uh, those are those things that you don't think about. So as you're talking about going through and getting things out in the different seasons and all that, it's, it's been a, it's another thing that you have to add to your transition because I don't, I mean, I moved here, so I didn't have to wear pants (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Like the goal was to not wear pants for the full year. Like my mother-in-law was like, you're going to get cold at some point. I was like, I'm not even using the word cold. I'm using the word chilly. I'm chilly. If it's, if it's cold outside, that means it's chilly and I'm wearing shorts as much as I can. So So um, let me ask you a question then. So How many sweatshirts do you think you have? Maybe, maybe three or four. Oh, that's it? Yeah. I have a lot of t-shirts. Impressive. Uh, (laughs) I have a lot. I have a lot of t-shirts. My wife, she was, she was saying, you got to get rid of some of these t-shirts. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of t-shirts, not a lot of sweatshirts and stuff like that. So pretty, pretty low. T-shirts take up a lot less space. Sweatshirts take up so much space. If you fold a t-shirt right, I probably have like 25 t-shirts in one drawer just because like I can, and they're beautiful. You just have to fold stuff better. You have the Marie Kondo folding magic. You know what? Hers was too complicated for me. So I kind of used a little bit of it. And then like, and my drawers are kind of, I feel like they're a little shorter so when my kids were little, I would Marie Kondo their clothes because I'm the one putting them away. So I would put the clean clothes in the back of the drawer. So they would pick the first thing in the drawer. So they're always picking like, you know, new. Because have you ever seen a wow. kid that has the same outfit on like three days a week? <laughs> wow. So you pre-thought their outfits for them. So they well, didn't I just didn't worry about them it. wearing like the same three shirts, which mm-hmm. a lot of kids do. But why do you mm-hmm. have all these clothes if you're wearing the same thing? T-shirt. Mm. But I just cleaned out my tank top drawer. I actually just cleaned out my tank top drawer and I made three piles. I was like definite keep. The second pile was things my kids probably would wear. Oh, four piles. Goodwill, 
And then um, what the heck is the fourth pile? Oh, things like things I'm going to save for my kids. You know, like there was a couple of concert t-shirt tank tops that I'm too old to wear, but I didn't want to throw them away. And I have a bin for kit clothes for the kids when they get older. So like those went in there. And they are actually looking forward to it. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> like, do you have the same taste as your kids? Because I know, you know, some stuff was saved for me by my, you know, mom and grandma, and I can't fit into it. Or, you know, I had flashbacks the other day because um, my mom used to have this suede outfit. It was like a suede top and a suede skirt. And um, my friend and I would take turns and we were like eight or 10 trying it on. And it was like impossible to get out. It was from the seventies. You know what I mean? So saving that, I, you know what I mean? Like our perception of what our kids would want to wear. Is it the same as what your kids want to actually wear? Well, uh, I'm not saving them like velour sweatsuits, you know, I'm saving them like <laughs> my Violet Femmes first concert t-shirt you know or um what else what was in the pile it was a violent femmes tank top a they might be giants tank top and then a megadeth tank top and i was like "Mm, this is i i don't wear these and i'm too old to have like a crop top tank top so i see now now i'm curious about how much of that takes up space in where in your garage like do you keep keepsakes how much of your kids stuff is valuable enough and how much do you just want to torch I get rid of most stuff I mean and like I don't save artwork because most of that's garbage really um (laughs) they don't start making quality stuff until they're like 12 you know so sometimes my kids would be like look in the garbage can and they'd be like, mom, I just made that for you. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, I got wet. <laughs> uh, but I mean, what I, for kids stuff, what I do, well, in my garage is a Tupperware bin that's like kids memories. Like, so I save their favorite teddy bear or like a toy they were obsessed with. Or like, um, I actually have clothes my mom saved for me that both of the girls have worn and the same with Scott. So like stuff like that is all in there. Like Scott has a random pillowcase from when he was a little boy, like that's in there. Um, And that's stuff like they can give to their kids if they have kids someday. And then I have a bin of like clothes I think maybe someday they'll love. And then I want to... And then like holiday clothes, right? How many like holiday clothes do you have? You know, you have like Halloween t-shirts or Christmas shirts or the stupid Easter socks, you know, (laughs) like I keep all of that stuff with the ornaments for that season or the decorations. And that really Mm -hmm. saves up a lot of space. And then you're not thinking like, where is, I have a Christmas tree hoodie that zips up and it has like a star on the top. And I don't want to lose that. So I always know where it's going to be because I put all of my Christmas clothes and everybody's, the whole family is just going with the decorations. Your closet must be amazing. Sometimes. Like the fact that you have a Christmas tree hoodie, like I would have, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's. The thing that used to hang in my closet, 
and why would it, I only wear that for like three weeks. You know, why would I take up room in my closet for my Christmas tree hoodie? That's silly. So I put it away. Right. I have a confession. We just took our Christmas tree down. <laughs> That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. A few days ago and it's February. I have this idea in my head that you would be working like clockwork, like holiday number one, the decor goes up now. Holiday number two, the decor goes up at the right time. Does it come down at a specific time? Well, I had, ugh, I got COVID a second time. Oof. And everybody was fine. But so I had COVID over New Year's. So I took down, I was like, I am bored. So I took down all the Christmas decorations. But then my husband was sad and he said, can you leave up some like winter decorations? But I really don't like leaving decorations up too long because it's just like one more thing that collects dust and like gets in your way. But like when I put on my Christmas decorations, like I put away all of my everyday decorations. So like I have like a decorative bookshelf thing and all the stuff off the shelf goes away and it goes in the box that all my Christmas stuff is coming out of. And then I, that's all just Christmas stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I think the problem when people decorate is like, they still leave their original crap up. And so then it's just like too much and it looks like weird. Instead of swapping it out. Mm -hmm. Just like getting rid of it. Now, Mike, did you bring decor? How much decor and keepsakes did you bring with you when you moved? <sighs> That is a very complicated question <laughs> um, because I'm a, I also collect uh, like uh, I, I'm a collector. So um, if you can see right here. I see here, all those pop heads or yeah, pop I'm heads a, or whatever. That is just a small tip of the iceberg. It's like I have a whole like five, six shelf thing in my living room here. That's just all my pops. And I have figures that I've collected and I, I'm I'm a natural collector, so my wife, when we we got a pod, and so when we were packing the pod, she was like, "Half this damn pod are your are your figures and your pots," because they, it, it, I mean, at the risk of sounding like uh, you know Marie Kondo, uh, they they actually bring me joy. Like I can literally look at these pops, and they mm -hmm. they resonate with me emotionally. So. When we were, when we first moved out here, we were not, we didn't have an apartment. Finding an apartment, again, another one of those things that is very different from East Coast, West Coast. And so we stayed at a, uh, one of her family member, like her, like God brother's uh, apartment for four months. So oh it God. felt, so we were in a different, we were in a new place, but not our place. And so just a lot of things happening. And so like, as weird as this sounds, and it's probably not like I was like, I miss my stuff because my stuff grounds me to make me feel who I am. And so so that that is a very complicated thing. Like, um, how do you how do you kind of because because we didn't know if we were going to get a one bedroom apartment. We got very lucky in in L.A. that we got a one bedroom apartment at a reasonable price. And so uh, we had pared down a great deal because we moved from a three-bedroom townhouse uh, in Frederick to to now we thought we were going to be living in a studio apartment, you know. Uh, and it's not just like me and my wife; it's me and my wife in a seventy-pound boxer and a cat. So it, we just knew that we were going to have to pare down. So we got rid of a lot of things, but 
you know, things like my pops and collectibles and all that stuff like that, I knew that I absolutely needed to come with me. Now, what's up in our apartment now is not even like we still have stuff in closets that I still <laughs> I still have like in like just in the hopes that one day I'll have my own real like office again where I can put things up and display them like they want to be displayed. So I guess my question to you is if you're a collector, I don't know if you've dealt with that. I know you said you, you don't have a lot of physical things, but for a collector like me, how would you how would you like kind of organize those things? Like what would well, you do? Can you see can you see those? I know no people yep. that listen can't, but so I love records. I have a record player and I buy a lot of records. So they were I turned them into art. You know, I hung napkin holders on the wall and then the C, uh, the records go in there and then it looks cool. But like you were talking about your poppets and my kids love anime and they have a ton of anime poppets. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. But, like, if you really love something, then instead of just putting it on a bookshelf, you need to install it as art almost. You know, if you're saying this is your most prized possessions, these bring you so much joy then they shouldn't be just shoved in a shelf somewhere. You know, you should make it into part of your home aesthetic. Like when you were talking about poppets, the first thing I thought of is like really cool, thin acrylic shelves, you know, that float on the wall. And like, you could turn a space, like a bookshelf is, when you have a small space, a bookshelf is important space. That like important, useful, everyday things should be going on. Your poppet shouldn't, no offense, be on your bookcase. So like think of a way that you can display them in areas. You think a poppet's not that thick. So if you have a small, narrow wall that you just maybe walk past, like display them, make them look cool. And then use that place where they are now for like the actual stuff like you need to store. Great suggestion. We also got Calyx from from IKEA. So I have a Calyx here. There's one because we we also bought a 70 inch TV like what we got here. <laughs> so like we had to get we thought one Calyx would be enough. So we had to buy two to just to put the TV on like in the living room. So what's great about Calyx is though they they have each individual like squares and stuff like that. I know people mm-hmm. at home can't really see it, but um, it helps with it really helps with organization. So um, like what you were saying is great too, because you can, you can dis- display them. And, and so my, my living room is like, we have pops in different places in different spots in the Calyx and all that stuff like that. It really has become uh, very integrated and yeah. into our, our And situation. my vision would be like a whole wall of shelves with your poppets and like some, <sighs> artwork mixed in between like just your that would be like a cool focal wall yeah like i it's it's uh it, it, you know transitioning from a three bedroom well, i had my own office so like i, I when we when no, we did this before i was in my own space so like my wife loved that because i could take most of my stuff and put it in my space but uh she's become a little bit more 
uh, giving with this, our space and our shared space and this stuff like that, because she's collected some pops too, as well. Like she's got some <laughs> golden girl pops that she loves. She has this huge 10 inch Ursula that is like very huge, like very big. So we found clever ways since we've moved into this smaller space. So in some ways it's actually a lot better. I don't know how people feel about moving into a smaller space, but it causes you to think, be more clever with, with your space and how you display mm-hmm. it and it's just less space to worry about at that it's point right. so right. and then i just think about dusting what do you <laughs> what i'm always at a loss for like how to dust. i you know i'm 42 years old and i walk around my place thinking i should dust what what's the best thing i should use to dust these things that i've collected is it a wand with the poof on the end or is it a rag with vinegar is it and then i'm like and then i'm like i should keep it hidden next to my shelves with all the artwork on it so it's always there so maybe i would just do it more often then i mean i just probably once a month or once a week but i have a dog so I feel like things get like, they, things get, I'd rather do mate. I'm lazy. So I'd rather do like little maintenance <laughs> than mm-hmm. like have a really crazy vinegar cleaning off thing. Um, <laughs> so I try to do like little things. So I'm not having to like do anything down and dirty. Yeah. I am. I think there's a fine line of what you're talking about. Mike is like, having the stuff that you love that makes you feel like who you are in the world, you know, and then having a, a space that is not just like that, that you can move around in a little bit, you know what I mean? And what is the fine line? Because it's like, I notice there's, I've been to a couple Airbnbs in the last year and it's really interested, interesting. Like the ones I go into where it's like somebody has all their, shelves full of personal items and personal family photos i'm sort of like oh i can't tell how much is too much you know what i mean and the ones that are bare like stark with nothing there i'm like oh this is really stark there's like such a fine line of like how much stuff in the world do we need and do we want to make us feel grounded and comfortable and and have joy you know what i mean especially during the pandemic when we've all had to be at home more often, I, I just, I'm not sure what, what that fine line is of like having the right amount of stuff to make you feel good versus insane. I think that if you, if you're struggling with maintaining like your house, in my opinion, then that means like something needs to change, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and not just because like you're doing something wrong, but because clearly what you're doing isn't meeting your needs, you know? So like, why is it, you have to think it is, it is psychology a little bit, you know, like I should be able to do this. Like what has to change? What are the priorities? And, you know, I just found with less stuff, it's just simpler to have, you know, a house that's still homey, but isn't cluttered with, garbage again yeah. i do not have little kids like when my children were little like i should have been medicated probably i was always like just trying to clean up constantly with their little toys and things so that is a whole different thing and when you go little. into people's homes do you can you tell how well they are can you tell you're like ooh, this person needs to be medicated Ooh, this person just needs more you know 
It's absolutely I can. <laughs> you can, I, you can tell when you walk into someone's house, the people that have a thousand unopened Amazon packages by the front door, you know, says kids, what? Well, um, people are, people like to collect because having things makes them happy. I cleaned this house and it was two girls and a mom and a dad. The girls probably had 27 like hand sanitizers, 40 different kinds of lotion and 65 brushes, you know, like that, that's very clear when somebody has excess like that or excessive mm -hmm. like that, that there's something else going on, you know? And do they opinion. let you take over? Do you have, do you have clients who just let you, you're like, you know what, can I just get rid of some, pare down some of the stuff? I ask people, well, since I've been cleaning and I've been trying to like move into more like an organizational kind of thing, I asked all my clients, you know, do you care what I do? And I would say 90% of them were like, you have carte blanche, you know, if you think the dishes in my kitchen would be more useful somewhere else, like, I don't care, just do it. So like, I love that. So you just get free reign in these house and sometimes, and sometimes not every, but most people really care. And this is awful. I shouldn't admit this, but when I first started cleaning houses, I would just move like a lamp. Like I'd switch it with a different lamp <laughs> and nobody ever noticed, or I would just like move something and people I don't know. Did they notice and didn't say anything? Or I just wanted to see if people would notice. And I never, I did it a lot. <laughs> Amazing. Because I was like, that lamp would probably look better in the living room. So I would just move it. So, but I feel like the most, the biggest thing about organizing is knowing exactly what you have. Why do you have too much of it? You know, like if you're talking about your kitchen, I love you empty all your drawers on your table and you match everything up, like match everything up. And what you'll probably find is you have like five bottle openers. Well, why do you need five bottle openers? You don't. And if you're emotionally invested in those bottle openers, well then you got to get rid of a slotted spoon, you know, like just have what you actually need. I mean, if you have four of your friends over and everybody gets their own bottle opener, just, yeah, right. You get a bottle opener and you get a bottle opener. <laughs> that way we don't have to even pass this thing around there. Bottle you know, do you get people like that who rationalize why they have what they have? Oh my, my Lord. mom is, uh, she could, she calls herself, um, she hates the word hoarder, but she's a hoarder. I, I, I like, I call a spade a spade, mom. like, sorry, mom, but that that's the truth. And so she's very particular about what she has to touch everything that gets thrown out. So are people like, when you start to do those things, are people very like, well, no, I need this in case this happens. My mom has a fountain that it's been in the box for years. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, wh when are you going to use this drink fountain? She's like, well, what if I have a party <laughs> or someone needs it? I was like that. You you, you don't even go to parties. I don't like, you're not even hosting parties. So do, how do you rationalize with people like that when they, when they try to tell you why they have what they have, when you know full well, they probably don't even need it. Well, I would probably say to those people, like, honestly, I'm, I'm too old to like 
not just tell my truth. And if somebody was like that, I'd be like, you're just not ready to do this because I'm not going to fight with you, you know, every step of the way I like refuse. And I would probably also say like people like that though, like you make a game of it and it's pick three things and one of them has to go, you know, you just have to like, if you're going to keep this, then you have to get rid of something else. I cleaned my aunt's kitchen out and she's a little bit of a disaster, but she literally had nine spatulas and was explaining, you know, why they were all important. And the one was, well, that's my bunt cake spatula. And I was like, when's the last time you made a bunt cake? And she was, no, like 10 years ago. And I was like, well, then why do we have a bunt cake pan? And why do we have a spatula for it? You know, 10 years, yeah. come on, get rid of it. But it, a lot of people can't for, they're emotionally attached to their things, which is fine. And if they're not ready to part with them, then, mm-hmm. you know, I, those hoarding shows I think are awful. And I think that all those people probably go right back to living in squalor pretty quickly. Yeah. And I, I'm realizing that I'm sort of on the other end of the spectrum. Like I've lived so long without some things because I was living, trying to live like a, you know, a one bottle opener kind of house. And I just discovered knife sharpeners. I just got my first sharp knife sharpener ever. And I didn't even know what they were used, you know, when you were supposed to sharpen. And now my world is completely different. I have sharp knives for the first time in my life. <laughs> And I'm like, I was trying to live very simply, you know what I mean? And we've always lived in a small space and I like living in a small space for that reason. And now that we have five more extra inches, I'm like, what else am I missing in my life? (laughs) What else is the world, does the world have that's regular, regular adults have that I need to like beef up my life with, you know what I mean? Who who knew a a knife sharpener would be so, (laughs) would open your whole world, Joy, like, Maybe people should buy more knife sharpeners for themselves because it did the wonders for you. <laughs> I mean, I got my mom a fancy one and I got myself a starter oh my one because I was like, okay. okay, she's an actual chef and I don't deserve an actual chef sharp knife sharpener. Um, but I was like, what is the one that I can fit and store away? I'm not going to keep it on my counter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want another appliance. I'm not going to get another thing to to take up space, but if something is small enough, so now I'm like on the hunt, what is small that I can put away (laughs) that won't gather dust, that will also change my life, that adults everywhere use? (laughs) I just got an air fryer for Christmas and it's like, I'm gonna say it's life-changing. Do you keep it on your counter or do you keep it in the garage? So I, keep it on the counter because first of all, I made a life pledge the first three weeks after I got it. I could use it every day. I was like, I, we make corn on the cob, grilled cheeses, meatballs. I mean, I'm going all in because it's so simple to clean it up, but I wanted to leave it on the counter because I didn't want to lug it out all the time. But then as a compromise, I got rid of the toaster and put that in the pantry and then when the kids need it, they just pull it out and plug it in. So you swapped out. Yes. Uh, I got a composter for Christmas. Yay. Mm. Um, That's very California, Mike. That is like. Yeah. What, what is that? I, like, is, can I, can I use like, it in an apartment? Yeah. Well, it's a, 
So the jar is like a really big cookie jar. And that's where all my scraps go from like, you know, fruits and vegetables, coffee, grounds, stuff like that. And then outside I have a big bin that you pour those in and then you roll it around. And then this spring, hopefully it will be fertilizer for the garden. Oh, I just saw one of those tumblers yesterday outside in someone's yard. And I just thought like it was like a lotto spinner, like like yeah, that's exactly bingo what balls. It like. I was like, why does somebody play lotto in their backyard? <laughs> and you just made it click in my brain of what that is. <laughs> oh, I love it though because I feel like we cut down on our waste. It like makes me happy. But the compost bin now sits like the little one sits on the counter. So like I had to like I got rid of uh I got rid of the blender. Like I can't have this. It has to be I don't like my counters being like cluttered. So it's a negotiation of what yeah. matters to you, what's valuable to you, what's enriching your life at the moment, what yeah, aligns with what you want. It switches like, you know, I love books and I have a ton of books, but I don't have like a lot of places to display them, but I will go through them periodically and like switch out what I display and, you know, I'll dig up an old picture frame that I didn't have out and put that out somewhere new. You know, I like to mix it up. Okay. So I love this. I feel like we've gotten a lot from this, Mike. I feel like we can chew about how to make our, our walls more artful. Well, I mean, 100%, like a lot of the things that Aaron is talking about really hit home because like I said, we moved from a three bedroom townhouse to a one bedroom apartment. And so it's just been very, very interesting, uh, like figuring things out, how space is going to work now and how you can best utilize uh, a, a space. It really is about, so now I don't feel so bad about my collection because it's very, it's very specific. It's not like I'm just collecting anything and everything. I love it. I I enjoy that. Real quick, hopping back to the air fryer. So it's, it's, it is life-changing, right? So there's no air conditioner, like there's no air conditioning in any of the apartments in Los Angeles. And so we had to buy that refrigerator back there. No one can see this except you guys, but the refrigerator back there and that stove, we bought those. We had to buy them because none of the apartments have refrigerators. They're not required here, refrigerators and stoves. Hmm. So, but when we turn that gas stove on, this apartment heats up. It's so a thousand degrees. Much. So my mother-in-law bought us, bought my wife an air fryer because we got rid of our old air fryer in Frederick because we were like, we don't just don't have the space to pack it. We'll just buy a new one once we get to to, to LA. And so she got this and she barely turns that, that, that oven on anymore because the air fryers just become a thing. It's also a dehydrator. So it's like these air fryers are becoming mm-hmm. so much more sophisticated. So like, yes, it is, it is the best thing since well, sliced do you, bread. Do you have a pressure cooker too? She does not have a pressure cooker. I think she wants to get one. I, she does all the cooking. The advancement of my cooking is probably throwing something in a microwave and pressing start. Yeah. That's, that's but, how complicated my stuff gets. Wait. If you don't have an air fryer, I would say that could be life-changing. I have a toaster oven with an air fryer setting. I can't believe it's the same though. (laughs) I just can't. I I don't think it's the same thing that everybody got for Christmas that I'm hearing about. But I also am like, I'm a big toast person and I am like, I really You can make toast in there. In an air fryer? Do you know what I made? I put a, I put a piece of toast in there and then I mush the toast down. I crack an egg in it and then I put it in the air fryer 
and it's Ooh. like a, it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Next time we'll t- have to talk about recipes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll talk about it all. All right. We're talking about it all. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on, Aaron. Do you have any final parting words? Anything other than go buy an air fryer that we should go feel at peace in our homes about? I would say that if your life is a little chaotic, it's probably because your home is. So start tidying it up. And I think that you'll find that life gets better. The wisdom, the wisdom from Aaron is deep. Uh-huh. All right. Thanks so much for your time, Aaron. And I just want to say you can follow us, this homework show. You can have more conversations like with this with us. And you can subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And share it. Leave us a review and share it. And also follow us on Instagram at the homework pod. You can also email us if you have questions or if you want to send us air fryer recipes <laughs> like toast and eggs. You can email us at the homework pod at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mike, for being my co-host today. Yay. And tell Charlene I said hi. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick. Sorry, kids. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.